The following podcast contains a frank discussion about physical, psychological, and sexual abuse and trauma and their connection to substance dependency. If you find these topics triggering, please proceed with caution. Welcome to Recovery Talks, a Fairbanks podcast where experts from Fairbanks Treatment and Recovery Center, located in Indianapolis, Indiana, take time to discuss unique aspects of addiction, substance use disorder, and recovery, as well as other relevant issues with our guest. I'm your host, Kathleen Gill. I've worked at Fairbanks since 2007, and I am a woman living in long-term recovery. When discussing treatment for substance abuse, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the disease of addiction may not be the only issue affecting a patient. Often, there can be other underlying conditions such as trauma that may have contributed to the development of the addiction disorder or vice versa. Today on Recovery Talks, we are joined by Kim Davenport, an addictions trauma master therapist, to discuss the importance of treating the whole patient, not just his or her dependency. Kim, thank you so much for being here. Oh, hi, Kathleen. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. So tell us about yourself and your role at Fairbanks. Okay, well, I was in the field of addictions for about 15 years before I came to Fairbanks, but I always wanted to work there because that's where my dad got sober at. He went through Fairbanks in 1988 and had 12 years sobriety before he died, and it was the best 12 years of our life. Oh, that is so wonderful. I don't think I knew that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's always had a special place in my heart. So um, I started at Fairbanks, and the women's, I've always worked with the women and I've been there almost 10 years now. I started on the inpatient unit and then I transferred to the outpatient center and I worked um, for the partial hospitalization program for a couple years and then I as we call it, stepped down to the intensive outpatient program. And I did that for a while. And then they created this position of master's therapist. And I thought, oh, I want that. So um, with that, I developed the Fairbanks Trauma Program, which is called Origins, and now I facilitate that program and facilitate an IOP program focused exclusively on trauma. Okay. Yeah. And so tell us about the name Origins. Oh, my gosh. Well, it just came to me because I thought we're really trying to get at the origins of what happened you know, what is underlying the addiction. And for so many of these women that I've been working with over the years, you know, they were getting sober, but when we took the drugs and alcohol away, there all these feelings were rising to the surface and all this trauma was rising to the surface and we just weren't equipped to treat it. And we were saying, okay, hold that thought go get an individual therapist. And it just didn't make sense, and it wasn't good practice. And so we collaboratively decided to come up with the idea of treating trauma concurrently with the addictions, and that's kind of 
what brought about origins. And when did origins begin? I think it was in March of last year. So it's been going on about a year now. Is it uh, for all of the clients at Fairbanks? Right now, it's just for the women. Now, ideally, we would like to expand it to the males in the future, perhaps even the adolescents. But right now, it's exclusively for our female population. How did you choose to start with women? In working with the women, they were so highly traumatized, um, and it just seemed to be a stumbling block that they couldn't get past. And they were much more um, verbal in wanting to talk about their trauma and wanting to process their trauma, where sometimes with the males, they might be a little bit more reticent in talking about those issues. A question that I think is kind of a place to start at the very, very beginning is tell us what trauma is. Right. Trauma is an emotionally distressing event. It's when something happens in your life that is so emotionally disturbing, you can't get past it. And um, what might be trauma for one person might not be traumatic for another person. But there's all kinds of trauma. You know, a lot of the trauma that I'm working with is childhood trauma. So as children, these... Women have been physically abused, emotionally, mentally, sexually abused, um, cases of incest um, going on into their adolescence. There's been sexual assault, sexual molestation um, going into adulthood. There's repeated sexual assaults and domestic violence um, being held in captivity. Mm-hmm. Um attempts on their life you know there's other issues that can be traumatic like if you had a child that had a life-threatening illness or you were a caregiver of someone who had a life-threatening illness that can be highly traumatic losing a loved one to suicide or you know an unexpected death can be really traumatic i mean there's there's you know military trauma we've had some some vets come through that we've treated so so many different so forms many, of trauma so many different forms of trauma tell us about the work and the focus of origins when you are working with those clients one thing that's imperative is to create a feeling of safety and security Um, Initially, when the women come into Origins, there's a couple different ways to come into Origins. You would, you know, maybe ideally come in and be detoxed, and we would learn that you're a trauma victim. And then ideally, you would either go to Laverna Lodge for Women, which is our residential program, and get some treatment out there, Or you would go to our women's partial hospitalization program, which meets Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. And in those levels of care, you would become stabilized. You know, you would get a strong foundation in your addictions because although we're treating trauma, at the end of the day, we're addictions therapists. So we're always going to have that at the forefront of anything that we're doing at Fairbanks. Right. 
But in those two programs, Laverna and PHP, we give the women a lot of stabilization techniques and coping skills. They learn how to regulate their emotions, how to think of the trauma and talk about the trauma, but be able to calm themselves, soothe themselves, ground themselves, and be able to, you know, kind of put it in a container and leave it for the next time that we want to come talk about it again, but be able to be safe in their everyday lives. Because we have to prevent relapse, right? Right. Are there particular modalities of therapies you you lean towards with this work? I think we lean towards EMDR, and then we lean towards cognitive behavioral therapies. We use a lot of the stabilization techniques from EMDR in the PHP and Laverna level of care. And then in the trauma IOP, which is what I run, that meets Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays from 9 to 12. Um, I'm using a lot of the philosophy of EMDR. And by that, I mean, when I talk to these women and they tell me what happened to them, I ask them, how did that make you feel about yourself? And inevitably, they tell me, I thought I was a bad person. I thought I was to blame. I thought I was horrible. I inherently feel bad inside that I'm no good. And so what we do is take that negative core belief system that oftentimes started in childhood and then was reinforced through abusive relationships and further reinforced by their own addictive behavior. And we say, you know what, we're going to gently start challenging this because what happened when you were a little girl, you were an innocent little girl. You were beautiful. You did nothing wrong. And then when you were sexually assaulted, it was not your fault. And I love doing this in a group because we can have a group of women who have all been sexually assaulted and they can each think that they're to blame, but they can look around the room and see how the other women are clearly not to blame. And if they can see that they're not to blame, perhaps, maybe, hmm. I wasn't either. Wow. And so we teach them to have grace for themselves, and we teach them to love themselves again. We use a lot of positive affirmations. We use a lot of self-care. So every week we're talking about ways to uh, talk positively about ourselves. We engage in self-care every week, and we build ourselves up, and we let go of that shame and that negative belief system. Wow. That's that's powerful. Um, when we first started talking, it seemed like that would be an odd scenario of having a group of women sitting there together sharing and bearing their soul of such incredibly painful things that have happened to them. But when you describe how they can each help each other in that, that's... Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That's very powerful. Right. And, you know, for a lot of these women, 
they've not talked about this trauma before. You know, they've not been able to verbalize it. They've not been able to um, express it and to emote around it. And just having that experience of sharing it and being validated, you know, hearing someone say, oh, my God, that was horrible what you went through. But, oh, my God, you're so strong. Mm. Look how strong you are. Look how remarkable you are. What a survivor. And that's what we do in there. Boy, and that negative voice within is something that uh, uh, pops up so easily for, I think, all of us. But, boy, with the the trauma involved, even more so to take on that blame and shame and... Um, that's beautiful work that you guys are doing. How do you see it take shape and take hold for these women? Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful to watch. I mean, there are a lot of women that um, come in there so shame-based and so self-depreciating. And when they can turn around and start saying positive affirmations or, you know, oh, this week I'm getting a pedicure and I'm getting my nails done and I'm getting my hair done and, you know, taking pride in themselves and engaging in self-care and putting themselves first and setting good boundaries and putting their recovery first. Yeah, it's a great thing to see. I bet the uh, bonds that are created in your groups are intense. Yeah, they are. It's, I mean, I really consider this really sacred work. How effective do you feel this trauma programming, this origins group has been? I'd like to think it's really effective. Um, the women really seem to love this group. You know, I mean, that's the feedback I get when they graduate. They say it's life-altering. You know, they've been able to be validated and express themselves and talk about things they've never shared before. Um, they really impart to me that this is a transformative process. And for many of them, I do believe that they have gotten to the point where they can love themselves again. Typically, a client that comes to the Origin programming is have gone through other levels of care within Fairbanks. Um, does insurance cover the Origins programming? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, because it's considered an IOP. Now, it is a little longer than the traditional IOP, and we've never had a problem with insurance paying for the additional weeks. Um, I think that we can make a good case that these ladies are in need of extended treatment and more care. And um, we've never had any problems with insurance coverage. And how long is the typical length of the Origins program? Well, once someone has completed PHP or Laverna, then there's an interview process because we want to make sure that they're stable in their recovery and they're serious about their recovery. And, um, and once they go through the interview process, then they can be granted into the group. Um, I'd say the only downside at this time is that because we want it to be um, a smaller group, 
we only have spaces for 10 group members. Oh. So sometimes my group might be full. Um, should that happen, we have a daytime and evening IOP, both led by women therapists, which are women-only groups. And both of those therapists are trained in EMDR and trained in treating trauma. So even though you might have trauma and don't get into the trauma IOP, um, you still will have your trauma treated through the women's continuum at Fairbanks. You've mentioned EMDR several times, and for those who might not be familiar with that acronym, what does that stand for? Eye movement desensitization reprocessing. That's a mouthful. Isn't I know, it? right? <laughs> <laughs> what about family groups, or is there a way to work with one's family when you're working? with the women in the Origins programming? Well, typically the women in my group, um, we do offer family counseling uh, with our family therapist, Patrick King. Uh, they can get six sessions with him and they can bring in their family members and have family counseling with them. Um, and then the family members are also welcome to come to our family support group on Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. And the women's group is at 6.30, so the women can come to the women's group and the family can come to the family group. That's on Wednesday night. Okay, great. What should a loved one of someone who's suffering with trauma know? I would encourage the loved ones of someone who's suffering from trauma to try to have an understanding of their trauma triggers. And I think that could be really hard to understand and navigate sometimes. Um, for example, in a marriage, uh, perhaps sex itself might be highly triggering for someone who has survived a sexual assault. And maybe in the marriage, sex hasn't been a problem because they've been impaired and they've numbed themselves, but then take away the substances and having to have that intimacy and vulnerability on top of maybe having the flashback to a prior sexual assault could be overwhelming, you know? So there's some, I mean, there could be some big challenges ahead in dealing with trauma survivors and their trauma triggers. I mean, I know a lot of my ladies struggle with sleep. You know, they have night terrors, they have nightmares, um, you know, and in part, substances were keeping those at bay, right? And now that they're sober, they're back and um, they're not sleeping, insomnia, irritability. You know, there's a, there's a lot of factors. You know, a lot of the women have PTSD. So just having flashbacks during the day, intrusive memories, um, inability to regulate their emotions, you know, feeling scared, fight or flight response. You know, there's a lot of ways that trauma can manifest itself in your life. We know there is such a stigma that goes with the substance use disorder aspect, 
But I would imagine that there's a lot of stigma that goes with trauma as well. I think there is. And it seems like there's a lot of secrets around trauma. You know, if you if your brother was molesting you throughout middle school, that's not something you share with people. You know, you typically don't share that you're sexually assaulted. You typically don't share with a new partner. Oh, my last partner kept me captive for three days and sexually assaulted me, and I thought I was going to die. You know, this isn't things you talk about at the dinner table or you want to disclose. So with those secrets come a lot of shame, and a lot of these women feel really damaged and I think they question whether or not they'll ever be able to be accepted and have healthy relationships and have someone view them as whole. And um, I think that's where we have to do a lot of healing and have a lot of conversation and gain them to recognize it was not their fault. Yes, it is those secrets that we keep that can make the women or the trauma victim very, very sick right? with those secrets. I know you said there's a tendency also uh, for if the trauma victim does begin to share that secret with somebody, that there's a tendency for those who hear it to not believe them. I've had so many women when they were children and they were being sexually molested, you know, maybe tell their mom or tell an aunt and they were told, no, that's not happening. I don't believe you. And so they're further traumatized by having their trauma invalidated, you know, Um, or going to a teacher and saying, you know, my dad's beating me. And it's like, no, you know, that's not happening because the dad was a well-respected member of the society. Yeah, I mean, just being ostracized from the family because of things that have happened behind closed doors. You know, just not having their trauma when it happened and telling someone close to them that they thought would protect them, having that person turn their back on them is then equally traumatizing and makes you never want to talk about it again. Right. Right. And I think the physical abuse versus a mental abuse, it's hard to differentiate and probably makes the victim feel even that much more crazy when they're having receiving mental abuse. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, a a lot of times you wonder if I can even justify this as trauma. You know, a lot of women in some of these abusive relationships or toxic relationships, if they're not being beaten, they don't recognize it as trauma. You know, but their significant other could be controlling their every move, isolating them from their family, gaslighting them, making them feel crazy, you know, restricting. I've had patients where food's been restricted, money's restricted, you know, everything. You know, they've, they're told that nobody's going to want them. No one will ever take them again. You know, they're called all kinds of names. 
That's terrible. It's a lot of lot of different forms of abuse yeah, out there. A lot isn't of there? different forms of abuse. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Kim, is there what else do we need to know about this vitally important work that's being done at Fairbanks through the Origins program? Well, we're just so happy that we're able to offer this program now. I think it's been long needed. I think the women um, really gravitate towards it. They really want it. When I interview women to be in the program and they're appropriate, oftentimes when I say I'd like to accept you into the program, they burst into tears. Mm-hmm. You know, they want this so badly. You know, they want to address these issues. So I feel so blessed to be in this position to be able to offer this sort of support and healing for our clients. And I love what you said earlier that what the work that you do in the program is to challenge those negative core belief systems because they become so ingrained and so believable And so to really challenge that and to recreate, it takes a real art. And those women are very, very lucky to have you at Fairbanks. You're so nice. I love them so much. I love my ladies so much. And I love what I do. It is incredible to sit back and get to watch the work you do with our patients. So thank you for being there. Oh, thank you. Kim, thank you also for joining me on this podcast today. Uh, Often we end our podcast with that concept of together we can. Together we can overcome more when we do it together. So how would you end the phrase... Together we can. Together we can help you love yourself again. I like that. Thank you, Kim. This has been Recovery Talks, a Fairbanks podcast. If you or a loved one needs support in the journey of recovery, the experts at Fairbanks Treatment and Recovery Center can help. Visit our website, fairbanksrecovery.org, for recovery resources, or call 1-800-225-HOPE for immediate help. Thank you very much for listening.